Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in episode 39 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Uh, folks, this is a big one tonight. We are fresh off, and I mean a few hours fresh off of a Carson Wentz trade. We got Jalen Hurts talk. We got draft talk. We got Frank Reich talk. We got Doug Peterson talk. Uh, we got J.J. Watt talk. We got Urban Meyer talk. We got some O's baseball talk as well, Aaron. But uh, <laughs> first up, before we get into Wentz, before we get into the whole trade breakdown, before we get into the future of the Philadelphia Eagles, how are you, my friend? Hey, man, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the, to the pod. Uh, no matter what's going on with, with my team or, or any of my teams, I'm, I'm just ready to talk and, and bullshit about all these, these topics we got going on tonight. I love it, man. Let's get after it. And now for today's topics. Folks, if there was ever a time uh, for a knee-jerk reaction, this would be the time for one. Aaron is fresh off of hearing the trade news. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. A little background inside behind the pod. Breakdown behind the scenes for you folks. Aaron actually texted me this afternoon said, Dan, you know, looking forward to the pod, my friend. But, dude, can't believe Carson Wentz hasn't been traded yet. I shit you not, folks. I shit you not. Two minutes later. Adam Schefter tweets out, breaking news, Carson Wentz has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, like I said, knee-jerk reaction. We'll go over the trade breakdown here, and then I'll let Aaron to go off on his, so- on his soapbox here. Uh, 2021 third-round pick, conditional 2022 second-round pick that will turn into a first-rounder if Carson Wentz plays at least 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps. Uh, Aaron, initial thoughts on the trade from you, sir. Yeah, so th- this is something that, that's been in the works for, I- I'd probably say, about two weeks, uh, something like that, uh, at least over a week span. Um, you know, it, it was it's time for a rebuild in Philadelphia. I understand why they made the move. Um, obviously, last season is what stands out to a lot of fans is uh, a disappointment, to say the least. Um, you know, a guy that went, you know, I have here 35-32-1 and one as a starter. Um, you know, that's, that's average. That's yeah. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to believe it. You know, like the early years of, of such high success, it, it's it's come crashing down. I mean, really, if you look at his stats, they're not they're pretty good still. But uh, this last season just really uh, put a dampener on on his career in Philadelphia, and, and ultimately, I think shipped him out of the door uh, along with Doug Peterson. So. Um, you know, good, good for Wentz, I think, in this situation, you know, get a, a fresh start, um, you know, play with a coach that you've had enormous success with before. Uh, it's Frank Reich, uh, the head coach there that was the, the OC in Philly, uh, the Super Bowl run and, and really his almost MVP season. So, um, you know, what we got back for him, not not ecstatic about it. I mean, it's it's something obviously it's better than just letting them go uh, for, for basically nothing. Like, like some fans are kind of alluding to uh, we got back like a, a bag of chips and, and some peanuts. I wouldn't say that necessarily that's a little bit extreme, but uh, you know, that third round pick, as long as they don't <laughs> draft horribly. Um, and then, and then the second round, possibly first round for the, for the following season. So, um, you know, good for Wentz, I guess good for the Eagles at this point, just because it, ever since you, you, you bench Wentz, uh, don't know what week last season, but, um, you know, 
bringing in Jalen Hurts, letting him get a, a try at the action. Um, you kind of knew this was, was going to develop that, you know, how do you bring back a guy after you bench him, after you give him all the all the keys to the franchise and, and basically give him uh, one of the biggest contracts, contract extensions at the time in the NFL. Um, you know, it, it, this was coming. Uh, everybody said that the Colts were the, the, the favorite, basically the, the entire process, the bears, Started, it started to heat up between the Eagles and Bears, you know, allegedly. But, um, you know, allegedly. ultimately that – that yeah, who knows. Uh, but but Adam Schefter, you know, chiming in this this uh, this Thursday, February 18th, and, and really uh, dropping the bombshell on, on everybody, uh, you know, associated with the NFL. This was definitely something I was surprised at. You know, didn't know when it was coming. Um, just felt like we'd probably get through another weekend without him being traded. But – here we are uh, just prior to the weekend and Wentz is a Colt um, and, you know, Philadelphia is in full rebuild mode with the, a new head coach, uh, most likely a second year starting quarterback and a bunch of question marks around it. But, um, you know, we've fallen quite far from the, the 2017 season. And I guess we have to fully admit that and and move on and, and you know, do our best to, to compete here in the years for coming forward. Yeah, and I, and I certainly want to attack this from all angles. I want to get into the, you know, how Wentz is going to fare on the Colts. I want to get into if he's going to be an upgrade from Phil Rivers. I want to get into Frank Reich. I want to get into Doug Peterson. I want to get into Howie. I want to get into it all. Um, but to me, I think you I think you said it perfectly. It, it was just time, I think, for both parties. Uh, he requested a trade, you know, probably during the season. Reports came out after the season. He wasn't happy. Uh, right from the onset of that report, the Colts were certainly a suitor. Um, Adam Schefter came out today and said the Bears reportedly did not make an offer, which to me is quite surprising. Nope. Um, Matt Nagy, obviously, you know, with Andy Reid, kind of a known to be a quarterback whisperer, uh, as terrible as I think Mitch Trubisky is. I think he started to turn on at the end of the season there with, with Nagy. So, um, you know, we talked about our, on our last pod that they just promoted – John DeFilippo, who is an Eagles offensive coordinator back with Wentz when he had his breakout season in 2017. I think he was there in 18 as well. Um, yeah, I, I think for, for Hertz, um, for Hertz's sake, for the organization's sake, for the fan base's sake, you kind of had to get rid of Wentz or Hertz. Obviously you're not going to get rid of a guy you just drafted in the second round last year. Uh, I do want to get to to Hertz though, and, and kind of what they're thinking of for, for QB wise next year. But uh, you know, in terms of, of Carson Wentz and, and, and talking about Frank Reich specifically, to me on paper, this is probably the best situation for Carson Wentz, just in terms of a, a scheme fit, uh, a coaching staff fit. Uh, maybe number two, honestly, would have been staying with Nick Sirianni, um, who would run or is going to run a similar offense to Frank Reich in Indianapolis. But uh, is there a, was there a better spot out there, in, in, in your opinion, in terms of a fit uh, for Wentz and, and kind of his, his skill set? No, I don't think so. I mean, the only the only situation I can, you know, think of is is possibly New England, and I don't know how realistic that would have been. And and really, New England with the the limited weapons that they do have, you know, how how well would he have fared up there? I'm not sure. It's just you know the Belichick effect and and their uh, reputation of winning and, and just consistency would be the only reason I would say that. But I mean, as far as like other destinations that I were realistic, I. I don't really think there were any other ones. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought up the point that Chicago wasn't even in the running because that just shows you how how the media can obviously. That was shocking to me, bro. Hey, if Adam Schefter says it, I'm usually usually taking it to the bank. I'm not going to say every time, but hey, but did Jay uh, Glazer say it? That's a, that's a real question. Hey, shout out to Jay Glazer. Nothing wrong with the guy. I would say at this at this point in his career, but uh, uh except he's a little short. He's on the short side. I'll say that. A little bit. Throw a little, a little jab bit. at him. But, uh, yeah, any, no, I mean, lit, like I kind of alluded to already, this was something in the works, I think, for quite some time. I, You know, God knows how long, but I think, you know, Wentz and Frank Reich worked well together, at least they did. So, um, you know, just basing it off a track record, basing it off of, of prior history. Um, if you're Wentz, you got to at least – give yourself a, a resurrection to your career after the, this season, just being an absolute nightmare. Um, and going forward, you know, hopefully that Frank Wright can repair all the damage that has been done. And, and to me, I think psychologically getting out of Philadelphia, getting out of 
Nick Foles' spotlight, even though that you know people say that's not really a thing. It, it, I think it is just because uh, he's he's trying to he always tried to play hero ball. He always tried to do too much. Um, and you know, I, I'll go back to I'm not the the biggest Carson Wentz fan. Obviously, I I always rooted for him. I always supported him as an Eagle. But um, I think Howie Roseman ultimately uh, served as at least fifty to sixty percent, maybe a little, even a little bit more. Uh, of the downfall for Wentz, just not surrounding him with much of anything as far right. as weapons and, uh, you know, a piss poor offensive line. Most of his career here, I mean, excluding the Super Bowl year, I mean, that offensive line has been so banged up and, and so many different moving pieces inside of that, that line. It's, it's I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for Wentz. Um, unlike a lot of Philadelphia fans that they, they gave, you know, Jalen Hurts really a hard, a hard criticism at the end of the year last year, I think, he served as a like a fire plug and then I think he came in and at least ignited the the boys a little bit to where you know we were exciting to watch again and Wentz couldn't couldn't really do that all season long so I'm definitely not gonna short jeans uh short change Jalen Hurts for that I just think um Wentz is, is psychologically just not not fit in Philadelphia anymore I think that that's come and gone and it's time to move on but I, I still think they could have tried to at least put Wentz in a better position to win, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all about winning, and, and he didn't do enough of it to obviously keep his job here this season, and, and going forward, he won't be the quarterback. So, um, you know, I guess he has nobody to blame but himself at, at the end of the day, but I do wish him success, you know, going forward. Yeah, 100%. Um, and to me, I, I am certainly unbiased when it comes to this situation. Um, Aaron is is the Eagles fan, not to say that he's biased, but he's certainly close to the situation as I am close with the Sam Darnold uh, situation. In, in today's day and age, everyone's so quick to judge, okay, who won the trade, Eagles or Colts? Who won you know, the draft? Who won this deal? Who won that deal? I always hate that shit, to be honest with you, Aaron. I, I never like when you know, these knee-jerk reactions come out and say, oh, you know, uh, Eagles won this trade, Colts won this trade. But to me, I am defin definitively going to tell you that the Philadelphia Eagles won this trade. Uh, I think Carson Wentz stinks. Um, yes, I know he had the 2017 season. Uh, what has he really done for you in 2018, 2019, and 2020? Uh, last year, uh, I watched a ton of Eagles games just because we had this podcast going. Uh, I wanted to be able to chip in my opinion kind of here and there. I live in the Pennsylvania Philadelphia market. Uh, so we got every Eagles game on TV. I think he's absolutely disastrous. I would take a 45 year old Phil Rivers uh, who no. can throw the ball 25 yards down the field uh, 10 times <laughs> out of 10 times every day of the week and points on Sundays. Uh, I don't understand the media affinity for Carson Wentz. It's a, it's a big name, it's a sexy name. He looks good out there throwing the rock around. He's got the camo thing on. He, you know, does a lot of good things for charity. Uh, I, I get it. Great guy off the field and whatnot. You know, hunts a lot of ducks, but not my cup of tea. But, you know, that's his hobby. That's his deal, whatever whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, Phil Rivers threw, 4, yard, threw for over 4,000 yards last year and 25 touchdowns. I think this is, is a severe downgrade from Phil Rivers. I, I almost think Jacoby Brissett and kind of rolling the dice with him would have been a better fit for the Eagles and wouldn't have cost anything. Uh, you are going to have to pay the guy upwards of $20, $25 million a year. Uh, yes, like I said, Frank Reich going to him is an absolute dream scenario. I think if you're trying to spin this in a positive light for the Colts, uh, everyone seems to like Chris Bauer, that GM, even though you know he, he kind of really hasn't done much yet in the NFL, which is fine. Um, I, think all, I think all signs have been pointing to this guy you know, figuring out the quarterback situation. Everyone's telling us that, oh, he's figured it out now. He has Carson Wentz. He has his guy, and they're going to go forward and roll with him. But this team made the playoffs last year uh, in large part because I think Phil Rivers was was more than a game manager. Yes, they had one of the best defense in the league, but, I mean, the offense was consistently putting up 20, 25, 30 uh, points a game. I just don't see that from Carson Wentz. You know, he's not a guy that can get out of the pocket. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today. He threw – eight shallow crossers last year when arguably that's Deshaun Jackson's best play outside of the post route, arguably that's Jalen Rager's, you know, best play, get him out in space over the middle of the defense, uh, run after the catch. So to me, uh, like I said, I hate, I absolutely hate when the media um, comes out and says, Oh, you know, the Eagles won the trade 25 minutes after the trade was made. Uh, but I, I am going to just definitively, definitively side with the Eagles here. 
again, like this could absolutely be a terrible take and I'll be on old takes exposed come next year, uh, <laughs> make the playoffs and, and go on a run. But to be honest, I, I can, I can confidently run with this, with this take and, and squat in this take for, for the podcast. Um, love your thoughts on that. I, I just don't think, Car- I mean, not to shit on the guy. He was your guy for three or four years. I, you know, to be honest, I would have no problem if someone said that about Sam Darnold, because I feel the same way. Like I'm looking at this from a completely unbiased standpoint. And he just doesn't do it for me. I don't even have to get into the stats. I don't have to dive into the film. He's a great guy off the field, but to me, he's not a starting quarterback and not a guy I would, I would you know, give the keys to a franchise to at this point in his career. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I don't, I think a lot of people will take that take or, take that take let let me let me put that a little bit better uh we'll look at that that point of view or or that or that opinion and say that's blasphemous I I definitely don't I mean I I'm I'm I like to be a you know realist for the most part as far as uh you know sports goes I think people get way too caught up in somebody having you know one good season or or you know a heck of a run for a couple years and, and they think they're just god or for whatever reason I mean I think I think Carson Wentz is a, is a pure example of that. If you, if you really analyze the games uh, that, you know, he played a, a good team, like I don't think he's ever beaten the Seahawks. Um, I know he's gone to green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason. Uh, he's usually money in green Bay, but uh, those are just small, like, you know, tidbits, not, not super important, but like, if you look at the media and, and, and really Philly as an, as an example, which to me makes no sense. I mean, that, this is the same city that, um, you know, constantly rode McNabb and tried to get McNabb out of town, constantly tried to get Andy Reid out of town. Um, and then Carson Wentz can really do no wrong for most for most fans. It's like right. he could have the worst season like he was having this year. I think he had the most turnovers in the league uh, at the time that he was benched. Um, and yet Decent. it was the it was the receivers. It was Doug Peterson. It was never uh, his fault. Po- Right. And, and I just that blows my mind, especially from a, a city that just is absolutely relentless on, on certain people. Um, and then for whatever reason, they just fell in love with the kid. And and I, I always like I always liked Carson Wentz. I always like I always liked the person. I always supported him. I always wanted him to win. Obviously, that's being an Eagles fan. But I, I did like him as a person. So today stings a little bit. I'm not going right. to lie. But um, at the end of the day, it's 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 a results based business and it is a business. The NFL isn't isn't just, you know, for fun. And isn't just for, you know, Carson Wentz is the Eagles guy. And we're just going to he's the, the face of the franchise just because he fits the franchise. No, it's about it's about winning games. It's about, you know, hopefully getting some Lombardis along the way. And and just, you know, this is a guy that I, I hate to say it, but this is his fifth. This was his fifth year in the league. Yeah. And, and he's kind of. He's kind of regressed, and I, and I'm I'm still the only reason I'm not completely out on on Wentz maybe as much as you at this point is just because of I, I just know the talent around him in Philly was just pretty abysmal at, at times, and, and the play calling was as well. So um, if he gets on the with the right people as far as the coaches and the players, and and they just they run the right system, I think he can have a tremendous amount of success in the NFL. But he's definitely not obviously, you know, to the caliber of like a Rogers or any, you know, even a big Ben in, in his prime, I would take big Ben all, all day, every day over, over Wentz. But um, I think if you, you put Wentz in the right system in the right um, situation to succeed, I think he definitely can. I think he still has talent left. I just think he's always been, um, you know, a little bit psychologically rattled in, in key games and key moments. And, you know, the, the real disappointment to me, the, the, the one that hurt the most was when, uh, Jadavion Clowney clocked him. Uh, you know, he's running to the ground. He <laughs> dives. the guy. And yeah, that that one I was like, all right, man. Like, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, you know, the, the torn ACL, MCL, that, that was a freak thing. But then right. he gets a concussion in his only playoff start. You know, it just never seemed like – and I feel bad. You know, he's always been, I would say, you know, facing adversity to a certain degree because of his injuries. But it just, it just didn't – didn't work at the end of the day and, and just got to move on. But I definitely appreciate the take. I think a lot of Philadelphia fans are, I, I just in some type of trance still, even still about Wentz and, and they're not even giving Jalen Hurts a, a, a fresh start or a, 
a fair shake at, at his job. And, and I think that kid has a lot of heart and he's a leader. So I'm at least going to give him that. But it's just crazy how the media, for certain people, they can do no wrong. And then other people, they no matter what they do, it, it doesn't seem like, you know, they deserve any credit. So it's just interesting. No, dude, I, I I wish the guy all the best. You know, he was he was a second overall pick. Uh, anytime you have a high draft pick, whether it be, I mean, anytime you really have a first round draft pick, no matter where the guy gets taken in that first round, there's always some sort of honeymoon phase um, for the guy to go out in his second season and be basically an MVP type player. Um, I think as a fan base, as a fan. Um, I, I would certainly cling on to that. And I think Eagles fan, not you, I think Eagles fans in general have clung on to the past in that respect. Um, I think the Nick Foles factor definitely played a weird dynamic into Carson Wentz's story, like winning that Super Bowl in 2017, um, riding it out with both quarterbacks the next year, then getting rid of Nick Foles, uh, finally transitioning to, to Carson Wentz, giving him the keys to the franchise once again supposed to be fully healthy and then you know not to say he flopped but he kind of did especially this past year uh i think all of that kind of played a, a piece into this um i think the whole jalen hurts factor is interesting to me uh you hear a lot of reports kind of coming out that the eagles uh you know they have the sixth pick in the draft with this extra ammo uh, a third round pick this year a conditional second round pick next year have the ammo to move into the top five top four top three whatever it may be to go out and grab a guy i look at it like this a jalen hurts i think played pretty well uh, especially for a second round pick playing his first season uh especially with the devoid of talent uh the void of talent that the eagles had this past year and going back to the talent argument i i think that's such an overblown argument in the nfl if you look at a guy like deshaun watson like clear cut bonafide top five quarterback in the NFL. Yes, they went four and 12 last year. This guy led the league in passing and was legitimately their number one wide receiver at, at times was Chad Hansen. He's a white rider, wide receiver, played at Cal, drafted the Jets in the fourth round in 2017. Out of the NFL, Aaron, out of the NFL, played in the bullshit AFL or the AAF, like American Alliance <laughs> Football League that was defunct after like five months. Comes back to the NFL last year. It is Wentz's leading receiver for like three or four, or, or I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson's leading receiver for three right. or four weeks during the season. Like to me, you can talk about talent all day. Like, yes, Mahomes has a lot of talent. Brady has a lot of talent. Like Rodgers is a talent around him. Yes, you can make that argument, I guess. But like to me, if you're not, I mean, the Eagles had talent. They got Rager, they got Goddard, they got Sanders, they got Jackson. Uh, they got JJ Arcega White. No, I'm just kidding. That guy sucks. The, <laughs> hey. offense, the offensive line was was trash. I'll give you that. They had a lot of injuries, but to me, bro, like play calling is a factor too. But like, if you're not showing up and, and getting the most out of your teammates, and I have the same argument when it comes to Sam Darnold. Like, you have fucking talent. It's a National Football League. Guys are in that league for a goddamn reason. If you can't figure it out and like be successful for at least, you know, pl- you know, putting games together, making them competitive, and like. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I understand Reich might be good for him. They have a fantastic offensive line. You know, their receivers are okay. I think T.Y. Hilton's a, a free agent. Um, they got a guy, Michael Pittman Jr., who played at USC. Uh, he was a rookie last year. He showed some flashes, but he's not completely, you know, there yet. They have a couple good running backs. But, like, I, I just don't know, bro. Like, I, I think I think Carson Wentz has all tools in the toolbox, but, like, at the end of the day, the game is played between your ears, and I don't think he's completely all there at this point. No, I I, I think, you know, and, and I'm not going to try and beat a dead horse and bring up things I've already said, which is, you know, at this point with, with Carson Wentz, it's kind of like the same thing over and over and over again when it comes to, you know, his inability to get the job done. But it, it's so it's so difficult because I'm, I'm so 50-50 on it. Like, I, I'm definitely on the, on the side of, like, during the season, I was ripping him almost every week. Like, I was like, you know, you're not winning because of Wentz. You're not winning because of execution on offense. Like it, it's it's like you definitely you're you're right. You got to get the most out of your teammates. Um, you know, he just this season in particular, it was like even from week one, like we, I think they had three points at halftime. And don't get me wrong, I mean, the Washington football team has shown to be one of the better defenses now in the NFL, which, um, you know, was obviously a a, a part of why Wentz was struggling I'm not going to say that but at the same time it was like dude there's so many times where you'll see Wentz I think he just overthinks it and 
he's, I think he's trying to place the ball too much. Just, just go back there and throw it. But then at the same time, he'll be gunslinging like no tomorrow and, uh, you know, throw the ball. I remember in the – I think it was in the Dallas game, they picked him off near the corner of the end zone on a pass yeah. that wasn't near anybody. So I, I think he's just – he's scatterbrained. And I think if you put him on the Colts, it's almost like how can't that work if he, if he stays healthy? I still have – you know, he's still like the one year towards the end of the year, he had a back injury that no one really brings up. He had obviously the concussion. He had the ACL, MCL um, durability. I don't yeah. know long term how that's going to hold up. I that's mean, a, that's an okay. issue. That's certainly an issue. I mean, it's, it's why Andrew Luck retired. But I mean, it, it would scare me as a, as a Colts fan, as, as you know, as ecstatic as as everybody is. And, you know, the Here's the thing. Potential doesn't win you games in the NFL. And everybody always talks about the potential of Carson Wentz, the potential of if he gets it all together, this and that. I definitely see that. I definitely see that he, he if he's firing on all cylinders, he, he's, you know, a well-oiled machine. He can, he can get the job done. He can win you games. He can win the division probably. But at the same time, it, it takes, you know, everything's got to be clicking for him. He's one of those guys where, like, I remember, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I think he's better overall, like at his best, he's, he's better than like a Jay Cutler, but everybody was so like gung ho on Jay Cutler. Oh my God, he can throw the ball. He can throw the deep ball better than right. anybody ever. He has, he can, you know what I mean? He can just complete every pass if he wants to, but he never panned out to anything. Like I'm, I'm about those guys that, you know, obviously get the job done. Like, look at, look at the improvement Josh Allen has made and, and don't get me wrong. Like he's, he's, you know, they've set him up with talent in the right places, but that guy substantially has improved his accuracy Has substantially improved his, his play. And just, you know, I, I just don't want to hear excuses. Like at the end of the day, it's a hard, it's a, probably one of the hardest sports to play. I would say one of the hardest positions to play. Yeah. In, but it, you know, when it's once a lot of the times would just say, you know, I got to look at myself in the mirror and, and, and hold myself accountable. But it was weekend and week out. And it was, there were so many games where we would <laughs> barely squeak out wins against, you know, the Giants or the, you know, the the Redskins before they were the Washington football team, you know, right. before they had a, a decent defense. So it's like, it was always like, it seems ever since the injuries, ever since that playoff game that he got knocked out of in particular, I'm going to say it just, it seemed like every game was a struggle. Even if we won, it was always like nail biter. It was always coming down to the wire and, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm ready for, for something new. Um, as much as, like I said, it, it, you know, you do get like an attachment factor just because he's been there for the last four to five, you know, that was his, his fifth season there. And I was always rooting for him just because of, of the whole Foles thing. You know, like I, after the fact, like I, I wanted them to keep Foles, but after they let him walk, I was like, you know, just, just prove him wrong. Just go out there and, and play the game and, and win. But he just never found a way to, sustain you know the, the success and you know he might succeed in, in Indianapolis I, I think he kind of will at least for a year or two but we'll see I mean like you bring up a lot of points that are, are valid like it's been you know a few years since he's had a, a lot of success and you know it's a whole it is a whole new division it is like there's a lot more to it than just we made the trade today Carson Wentz is gonna fit like a, a great puzzle piece in Indianapolis no one knows that until he's you know, until it's week five, week 10, and, and so on and so forth. Hey, if, if Indy wants to hire us in the front office, uh, my resume is <laughs> updated. Uh, I, I teased this earlier uh, about Jalen Hurts because we seem to be going down a slippery slope again with the Philadelphia Eagles. If they are, in fact, and Aaron mentioned off air, I'm going to let you say it in a little bit, bring up the sixth pick uh, and how they haven't picked that high in a while. Um Let's do a little bit of a mini mock draft here. And, and Aaron and I plan to fully dive in to do a mock draft come April. Uh, we'll release it as a podcast because it will be absolutely correct. 32 out of 30 picks will be correct. You can mark that down now. Mini mock <laughs> draft here, top five picks. Number one, Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville Jaguars. That is set in stone. Uh, I don't think anyone can dispel that rumor at this point, especially after uh, Urban Meyer was practically sitting in uh, Dabo Swinney's lap at uh, Trevor Lawrence's pro day last week. Pick number two, Zach Wilson. He's going to New York Jets. They need a quarterback. They're going to trade Darnold. Great. Two quarterbacks off the list if you're Howie Roseman keeping track at home. Pick number three, Miami Dolphins. They got that pick from the Houston Texans. Who's their quarterback, Aaron? I'm, I'm, I mean, it's Tua right now. Is it, is it Tua going forward? I, I don't know. 
Tua with a question mark. So if they want to move move on from Tua, they have that third pick to potentially get Justin Fields. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Who's their quarterback, Aaron? A, a lot of people will just say Matt Ryan. I'll, I'll say Matty Ice. I mean, I, I after that Super Bowl defeat, I don't really feel like calling him that, but I'll still give him the, you know, Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Matty Ice is their quarterback for now. He's 35, 36 years old. Do they take a quarterback? Uh, what what'd you say? He it's fast, fastly declining. Fastly, de- quickly declining. I, I quickly. completely agree with that. Do they draft a guy, sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two, and then throw him right into the Wolves? That, folks, is four out of the top five picks. Could be quarterbacks. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles looking to move up in the draft to take a guy to compete with Hurts, what is the point? And, Aaron, I'll let you go in a second. Jalen Hurts played much better than Tua Tagovailoa. I think he played better than Joe Burrow, even though Joe Burrow obviously had really no offensive line, neither did Hurts. You know, obviously gets the ACL. You know, how is he going? How is he going to fare next year? How is his recovery going? You know, are they going to build around him? Is that coach good? There's so many question marks in Cincinnati. I'm not going to get into it, but arguably, I think I think you know Hurts played well for for a second round pick coming into that shitstorm of, uh, of a situation, obviously. <laughs> Eagles fans clamoring for Wentz, clamoring for Foles, and you're a guy that has to go out there and win games and play effectively. I think he did that. Why in the world would you want to ruin this guy's confidence, bring in arguably the fourth or fifth quarterback, trade away a couple of first-round picks, take a guy that has question marks, and then throw him out there and compete with a guy he probably will lo- would lose the job to? What What is the thought process behind that? And I'll let you kind of sound off on Howie there. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – just because, um, you know, we have the sixth pick and that really never is the case, you know, hardly ever do we have a top 10 pick for that matter. Um, doesn't mean you got to go, uh, right. unless you're sold on one of these guys like Justin Fields, which I'm, I'm really not, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't, Neither these I. Ohio state, these Ohio state quarterbacks. I mean, most of the time they have like an insane offensive line. Um, they're playing against the big 10, which obviously is, isn't no slouch, but it's not the SEC either. Uh, so I, I would I would definitely not move up for Justin Fields. I'm not convinced on him. Um, obviously, you're not going to get you're not going to get the number one overall pick uh, of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I don't see them moving up to the second pick and, and stealing that from the Jets. I think they're going to stand stand pat and, and get a quarterback as well. I think they'd be dumb not to uh, at that second pick. Um, so I I don't know. I I'd love to see him either. I mean, they're projected uh, in a lot of in a lot of these mock drafts to get a, a corner from Virginia Tech, Caleb Ferry, or I'm sorry, Caleb Farley. Yeah, um, he's he's, he's know, pretty good. I'll say that. I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that. You know, it's it's definitely a a, a position where they need help. Um, you know, they're really depleted. I don't think they're going to sign a couple of their guys back. So really, you're, you're just going to have Darius Slay and a variety of, of probably no names and and Kayvon Wallace, who got exposed a lot last season as a rookie, uh, free safety. So I, that is definitely an area where they need they need help. I don't know if you go out and, and use the sixth pick on that. I, I'm kind of split on that decision. I'd love them to, to cheer up their offensive line, for one. Um, definitely get a linebacker. I'm not saying first round. I don't even know if like I don't see that many people talked about other than other than Michael uh, Micah Parsons yep. from the University of Penn State. Uh, that kid's a stud, but you know I don't know as far as do you go out and, and make and make that pick. I'm not sure. I I would really have you know I they've missed well, Andre Dillard was a, an offensive lineman they picked a couple of years ago. He's been you know the injury bug uh, has gotten him multiple times since he's been in the league. So I I don't know if they're going to shy away from that, but. Um, they, that the offense. If you don't have an offensive line, you really don't have much. And, and it just like look at these teams in the playoffs. Like uh, Kansas City, obviously goes to the Super Bowl, loses most of their offensive line to injury, and gets absolutely obliterated in the Super Bowl. So um, I hate offensive line picks in the first round only because it's boring. But sometimes you got to do what's best for the for the organization. And and I I don't know. I, I'm not sold on. I mean, I, I don't think Zach Wilson is bad. I haven't seen much of him. I've seen a couple of clips of him, to, like to say the least. Excuse me, to say the least, I, I haven't seen much. But I, like I said, I don't think the Jets are moving from pick number two, which I don't think they should. Um, and, and I, I'm not in love with Justin Fields by any matter, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think I'll be wrong on that one. Just like I called uh, Dwayne Haskins being a, a bum, I, I, <laughs> feel like, I feel like Justin Fields will 
not follow suit. I think he'll be a little bit better, but I don't think he'll be a, a stud by any means. So, um, yeah, I think you either got to you got to get that corner. Um, but I would love to see a lineman or or a linebacker that type of that type of pick there. Yeah, no, I I, I certainly I feel I I just don't understand. I mean, the kid played so well last year. Like, take a Jamar Chase out of LSU, take a Devontae Smith, take a Penny Sewell, the left tackle slash right tackle out of Oregon. Take a guy at six who's going to help out your quarterback. Figure the fuck out, Howie. Again, we're here for advice. My resume is updated. Call me. <laughs> uh, last thing you about should. the Eagles here, uh, Carson Wentz, $33 million in dead cap. Uh, I don't understand that rule because I'm like a five-year-old brain when it comes to thinking of NFL salary cap situations. Either way, he counts $33 million against the cap. Dead money. They can't use it. It's there. It's sitting there. It's staring them right in the face. Uh, that obviously leaves the Eagles in a tough spot in terms of A, going out and signing free agents, B, retaining some of their own key players who are going to be free agents. Uh, are we lining up to just give Nick Sirianni a pass here in his first year and just chalk it up to A, it's a weakened roster with a lack of salary cap space, B, you're still trying to develop um, Jalen Hurts, C, you don't have the resources, draft or, or cap to go out and get guys to surround Hurts with talent. So are we just setting up here for a one to two year run of just giving this guy a pass, uh, you know, even though he really hasn't done much yet, obviously? See, I, I would say that it's in, in a certain situation, but it still is the NFC least, uh, which I think just I think you have to at least compete for the division. I mean, I'm not saying you got to win it, but you can't come out and win like two games next year. I would not be cool with that at all. Um, I know that the roster is depleted. The roster is, is I would say, awful, to say the least. But um, I don't know. I, I just look for them to to at least play with some energy, be in some games that maybe they shouldn't and, and win some games that maybe they shouldn't. Uh, I just, you know, you, you and I definitely uh, see eye to eye on, the, on Jalen Hurts. I think the kid at least brings um, fire to the team. When they went out and beat the Saints in his first start, you know, I was I was flabbergasted. I, I didn't want to, like, jump jump the boat and be like, you know, this, this is the guy that's going to win us the Super Bowl. I, I don't want to go that far and, you know, sound crazy, but uh, in that game in particular, reminded me a lot of a Russell Wilson, just his overall, you know, um, management of the offense, just because his composure is, is already better than Wentz's. And, and this is, it was his rookie season. So, um, you know, that's extremely impressive, extremely hard to do, especially coming into a team that just is like you said, just to, you know, the offensive line is in shambles, like just to, to go back to the roster, it's not very good, but, but the division isn't very good either. You know, we really have no offensive line, um, but I just feel like, you know, obviously I, I wouldn't fire him if they went two and 14. I'd be pissed off. I'm not going to lie. I just hate seeing a team play that inept and, and get their ass kicked week in and week out. But uh, there's so many question marks and there, there's so many people not coming back and, and a, a roster that's already depleted, to say the least, and, and lack of talent everywhere. Um, but I, I just hope they, they are competitive and, and they play different and they're at least in some ball games and, and they don't make so many. I know it's his first year as a head coach, but Doug Peterson made so many blunders last season that I just can't sit through and watch that again. So as long as they, they play to obviously play to win and not like punt the ball in overtime when, you know, there was no way the Bengals were going to drive down the field against us. And, and that game resulted in a tie. As long as they don't do anything insanely stupid, I, I'd be okay with it. Uh, as long as they at least, you know, come out, if they win five or six games, I guess I'd be okay with it as, as horrible as that is. It, it just, you know, it is a rebuild. I understand that, but I, I just want them to play with some heart and, uh, you know, look like a team that, that wants it because at times this past season, it, it looked like the team gave up, um, you know, whether you blame that on Pete, on Doug Peterson, that, that's not usually his MO. They usually get up and, and play for him, but it was just a, a year full of issues. So I'm just looking forward to hopefully, you know, some some light in in a in a dark time as an Eagles fan. Yeah, no, it, I mean it'll be, and we'll have a full breakdown uh, in terms of what we think each team, the Jets and Eagles respectively, are going to do in free agency. Uh, as it stands now, free agency starts one month from yesterday. I believe it starts March seventeenth. Um, then the draft, obviously, coming up in mid-April. Uh, so it'll be plenty of time to discuss how the rosters will shake out. Um, leading up to then. So, you know, it's fascinating. I think Sirianni's being dealt a tough hand 
early on here, but now that this domino and Carson Wentz has now fallen, I think as an organization, as a city, uh, you fellow Eagle fans um, can now finally move on, which, which I think is, is a positive thing. And you guys won the trade according to me. So congratulations. <laughs> um, switch, switching gears here, folks, this is a natural transition to someone else who has left their team after a long time. JJ Watt uh, last, last week, obviously the news came out that JJ Watt was released from the Texans, he uh, straight up got a release from Houston, said, get me the hell out of Dodge, uh, and they obliged. Um, he was owed $17 million next year on his deal. He's sitting at 32 years old. Uh, to me, a little surprising they couldn't at least get a late-round pick for him, but I think as an organization, uh, just since he's done so much for the city off the field, on the field, um, they just decided to cut ties uh, and let him go pick where he wants to go to. So in a second, um, we'll get to which teams and things like that that – we think are targeting him that he's targeting and vice versa. And then we'll get to what it means for Deshaun Watson and kind of honoring, you know, his request, because it is interesting on how they're handling um, two pillars of a franchise. Obviously one is in their prime uh, playing like a top five player in the league. Uh, one was a former top five player in the league, maybe on the back nine of his career. So I think it does make a little bit more sense to, you know, cut ties, honor his wishes and, and kind of have him leave on good terms. But um, when you saw this kind of all, all go down, what were your initial thoughts on J.J. Watt out of Houston? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know throughout the season they uh, they had talked about, like towards the end of the season, they were talking about um, him not being so satisfied with, the you know, how things were being handled. Um, you know, a few of the trades rubbed him the wrong way. Basically, I, I look at that like, you know, he is all, in, all right. He's in the right frame of mind because that, that team just – it imploded from the inside out very quickly. I mean, you let Bill O'Brien run the franchise. You saw where that guy, you, and then they, they just continued to get worse over the last year. Um, and, and just, it's just a team that it doesn't really have an identity. I don't think anymore. They don't really have a defense. They don't really have, uh, other than Deshaun Watson, who do they have on offense? It's, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that can really, make it an impact uh, consistently. So uh, if I'm JJ Watt, you know, I'm, I'm evaluating my career as, as you know, this, I'm 10 years in Houston. I don't have much to show for it as far as, you know, playoff success or anything. So um, I don't blame him one bit. I, you know, one of the, one of my more uh, likable players in my opinion in the, in the NFL and, and a guy that's been nothing but loyal to that, that franchise through, through a lot of losing and, and through a lot of, you know, first, first round playoffs, exits so I, I see no issue at all with, with him trying to get out of there and I, I don't blame him one bit as, as a guy that was was banged up quite a bit in his career uh, or in his current career um, you know got it got to do what's best for you got to got to at least put yourself in position to, to win and, and I don't think Houston is is anywhere close at least in the, in the near future yeah no I mean talking about JJ Watt you know Aaron I I personally love the guy um Sometimes he can be kind of corny wearing the whole Letterman jacket shit playing. Remember the name <laughs> like he fucking owns the song. Uh, I just think back to, oh. you know, whoa, what's up? We, we, we got a problem with remember the name. Hey, I, I think, I think JJ White might have a, a career in, in comedy after, but that's, besides. he's a, he's a, he's a funny guy. Why not? Couldn't disagree with you more. Res disrespectfully oh. disagree. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, great guy. Great. I think he's still a good player when he's healthy. Uh, let's get into where he's going to go next. Does he go to Pittsburgh, play with his brothers, have a family fest up in Pittsburgh? I think his, his two of his brothers are in Pittsburgh, right? Or is the other one somewhere else? Yeah, no, both of them. Uh, one's a fullback, I think, believe it or not. And then yeah. obviously T, TJ, TJ well, he's yeah. kind of like the forgot. The, the one that's a fullback, I'd say he's a little bit forgotten. He, he's probably the one that, at Thanksgiving, he like sits at a different table because they're just like, ah, you're not really to the caliber of, uh, of JJ or TJ, but he's, but, uh, he's yeah. a guy that gets left out of the family group chat all the time. Guaranteed. Oh, consistently. Consistently. Probably, probably lives in his brother's couch in Pittsburgh, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so does he go there? You know, Pittsburgh's paying big Ben $40 million next year, which is absurd. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, so does he go there? <laughs> Probably not. You know, does he go to a city like Cleveland, Buffalo, which would be fantastic. I think that fits his personality very well. Uh, his wife, I believe plays professional soccer in Chicago. That was a natural lazy media take. I saw over the weekend. 
he's from Wisconsin, obviously born bred Wisconsin as you go play for the Packers. Uh, give me your top, maybe not top, just give me a destination, a couple of destinations that are kind of on your, your radar for Mr. Watt. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Green Bay makes a lot of sense for him. Um, you know, he's a, he's a type of guy. I don't think he's opposed to playing in the cold as you know, Houston, obviously a lot more mild of a, a weather climate down there, but, um, you know, I think he fit just, just great. And, and Green Bay, I think he would embrace that, that fan base very well. I think they'd like him a lot. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, I, I ruled that one out as well. I, I just don't see them being able to, to swing the, the money his way. And I don't think that, you know, I, I just truly believe he doesn't really want to play alongside of his brothers. Maybe like in the last year or two of his career, he'll, he'll do something like that. But I, I still think he has a lot more to give and he kind of wants to do it on his own. So I, they definitely, uh, they definitely are hyping Cleveland up at, as one of the favorites, and, and there's a lot of buzz around that. Whether that means anything, you know, that's yet to be determined. But I think Green Bay, Cleveland, and and Buffalo, Buffalo would would make a lot of sense too. I think Buffalo is just trying to load up and and take down Kansas City by any means possible. So um, I, if he can make any impact, and I think he can. I think Buffalo makes a lot of sense. I think Green Bay and Cleveland. I mean, all three. Cold, cold weather cities. I think he just he fits right in. He, he's one of those guys. He's in the trenches and, and he'll make an impact and he'll make those teams. I'm not going to say significantly better, but he'll definitely uh, he'll definitely make things better for the for the rest of the defensive line. And, and I think if, if I'm just going off the rip, uh, just making a pick I, for whatever reason, I, I just feel like he goes to Buffalo. I don't know why. I just, that's that's my take. That's that's all it is. That's a brutally honest take. He's a blue collar player. I think if he doesn't go to a blue collar team like Buffalo or Cleveland, it's a crime against humanity. I'll tell you this. We, we talked about this off air. I'm going to say it on the air. If he goes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if he goes to Kansas city chiefs, JJ Watt is dead to me forever. <laughs> dead to me. For, not even, not even in existence. I'll delete his Wikipedia page every day if I have to, because he's no longer in existence in my mind. Can we do that with, uh, Howie Roseman's like that's my goal now. Just, that's my life goal. Let's like, uh, I, let's just spam Howie's Wikipedia page. I think I'm gonna find like I'm not making any threats on air, and I hope the police Whoa. don't find this or anything. But if if an egg gets cracked on Howie Roseman's you know front door, uh, let's just say that wasn't me. Just uh, an egg. Just an yeah. Egg. Do me a favor and and don't drop your address so the police don't find <laughs> you uh, when that happens. Uh, hey, if you're listening, Philadelphia police, it wasn't Aaron. Um, they'll understand anyway. Wink, wink, wink. I know this is a podcast, but wink, wink guys. <laughs> All right. JJ, JJ Watt, JJ, don't go, don't, don't go to, a, don't go to a white collar team, go to a blue collar team. I, I, you know, I can't say Buffalo because you, you just said Buffalo. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Uh, I think he's going to stay in the division. Oh. Um, Mike Rabel was his coordinator. Uh, I think back in 2017, 2016, uh, somewhere in there, don't quote me. The research department's out tonight. Um, yeah, I think he goes there. In, in the division would be a slap in the face. Uh, you know, they're probably light on cap space. They took a swing on Jadavion Clowney um, as their pass rusher didn't work out, obviously. So I think they go. I think they go for JJ Watt in uh, in Tennessee. Hey, that that's only going to benefit them. They they need some help on the defensive side of the ball. So. Um, that's just a guy I would not say no to, like, unless he's asking for, you know, crazy amount of money. I, I just, I think he's good for your team, good for leadership and, and just overall good guy who still has some in the, some in the tank. Even, even if he had nothing in the tank, even if he had two broken legs, two broken arms and a broken nose, I'd still want him on my sideline just for the leadership. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, I said earlier, yes, he's kind of corny. Yes. He like, I don't know. He's like awkward on Twitter. I think like he doesn't really fully understand how to like, how to be relatable because he is JJ White. He's a professional athlete. He thinks differently. He's built differently. I think any organization you inject JJ Watt into is going to get a surge of electricity, uh, you know, pun fully intended on that one. Uh, I, I, like I said, I blue collar player needs to go to a blue collar team and Buffalo or Cleveland would be fantastic. You know, maybe he doesn't want to go to the AFC. I don't know, but. Uh, needs to go to a blue collar team. I'll say it for the 75th time tonight. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, let's wrap it up. We'll save. Uh, we were going to talk Urban Meyer, to be honest with you guys, for the listeners, to be honest with you. Um, 
I think we did a good job of talking about NFL. I think it's it's maybe it's about time we introduce a different sport. Uh, even though Aaron and I love NFL, who knows? Maybe one day we'll be a full time NFL show. But I think until that day happens, until our dreams come true, we're going to talk a little baseball with you. I know that might have not been the first sport in your minds in terms of which one was going to come out of our mouth first. Maybe you thought basketball. Maybe you thought, hey, Dan's a hockey fan. Dan played hockey his entire life. Maybe we'll talk hockey. No, we're going to talk baseball. Pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. Aaron, uh, not sure if you heard, a couple big deals came across the wire. Trevor Bauer signed a three-year, $102 million deal with the Dodgers. And then Fernando Tatis Jr., I think I'm saying that correctly, signed a 14-year, $340 million deal. So it feels like baseball, the slow free agency, uh, the slow sort of offseason that currently you know is the state of baseball, finally coming to an end. Spring training starting. I forgot I'm bearing the lead here. Tim Tebow retired. That's also massive news out of baseball, but it feels like baseball was finally coming back and springtime hopefully is, you know, somewhere close in the horizon. Hey, say say what you want about Tebow. I I think, uh, I think Tebow might have more heart than the whole Philadelphia Eagles roster right now. I'll make, I'll make a hot take. How about that? He probably has more, more heart than the Jets and Eagles roster combined. I'll, I'll, I'll up the ante on that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but uh, no you know you bring <laughs> in all seriousness um yeah i mean a, a couple of players obviously trevor bauer uh you know i guess i a stud i one of those guys that, i think he flies under the radar for how good he is i just don't hear his name Ooh. pop that much but uh, flies under yeah. the radar is that so he so he's the guy a couple of years ago when he was pitching for the indians uh during the playoffs uh i think when they lost to the cubs in the world series it was that season um, he was flying a drone and then it like got too close to him or something, or he tried to catch it and slice his finger open and he couldn't. Pitch it <laughs> so was that like a, was that like a subliminal shot at Trevor Bauer? Hey, it, it wasn't, but you have the, the memory of, you know, a pho- photogenic memory or photographic. I have a, we- I have a memory. weird memory. Hey, that it's, it's proving to be more important than the entire research department combined. So, I think some people are at least going to get for load, if not, if not laid off. Hey, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend will tell you, I can't remember what she told me five minutes ago, but I can somehow remember what happened to Trevor Bauer in 2016. Well, for, for the, for the interest of this podcast, it's, it's even more important. So um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, most, most guaranteed money uh, in MLB history, as far as, you know, he's going to get 40 mil. Uh, in 2021 and then 45 mil in 2022 so apparently this guy is no slouch uh, obviously I mean I, I knew that but like I said I mean good player I, uh, you know he just doesn't have the name like Kershaw or he doesn't have the name like uh, to, even like a Tanaka like you know those people get brought up a lot and like I, yeah I um I think he's overrated to be honest with you I mean oh. he had a he had a really good year last year with the Reds before that I don't think he I think he's He's a guy who reminds me of a Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, he's big into the social media, big into off-the-field endorsements, uh, big into growing his brand. And he, he delivered on the field last year. I just – I kind of worry about him in the L.A. market. Um, I worry about him getting into the off-the-field stuff, focusing more of his time. And this sounds like I'm yelling at a cloud and I'm 95 years old. But uh, <laughs> good player. I don't think he's a great player. I certainly don't think he's worth $102 million. Uh you know, it's a three-year deal. You can opt out after the, after each year, I think. So whether it doesn't work out for him or the team, you know, the Dodgers were, I think, correct to take a shot here. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a weird COVID year, they certainly have the money um, to go ahead and, and put forth some resources to a guy like this. So I think it makes sense, obviously, just coming out of the World Series, uh, you know, to bolster another guy. You have Kershaw. You know, you have Walker Bueller, you have Dustin May. I think David Price is coming back, even though he's probably going to suck now. Um, and then you had a guy, you know, you know, maybe I think Kershaw is still the number one. You know, we'll kind of see how Bauer shakes out, whether he's two or three. Um, but, you know, the rich get richer, I think, here if you're if you're the L.A. Dodgers. Hey, hey as much as uh, as Dan knows that I can't stand the Yankees, like the Dodgers are, are basically like they the are. new new they're the new age Yankees to me. Like they, they're, they're they just, have been too. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 unreal that the, you know, now you sign a guy for another hundred mil on on top of. I think they have, if not the biggest, uh, 
they're, they're paying the most. Uh, they are, yeah. They're, well, maybe uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where the Padres shake out. I mean, they're paying six hundred million dollars to two players, so <laughs> uh, it's unreal, though. It's yeah. Regardless, I mean, now now I have to obviously root against them just because they're they're turning into you know <laughs> this this megatron of a of an an establishment a a freaking you know basically a, a team that has unlimited money unlimited funds you know you got magic johnson obviously i, I think he's helping in, in that respect so yep. you know uh, i i'm running out of teams to, to really have any liking for in the mlb because it's like <laughs> I, I can't root for houston after the cheating allegation i can't root for the yankees because just they're the yankees to me i'm sorry um the Dodgers obviously now they're they're the West Coast Yankees so I, I don't know man I'm running I might I might just join the the Padres you know bandwagon though just for the time being and see what happens there Sp- speaking of, of of the Padres uh how rich is their owner I mean spending 300 million dollars on Machado last year giving a 22 year old 340 million dollars I, I think it's the first you know, $300 million slash double digit deal before a guy hits arbitration. He's, he's only going to be 35 uh, when a 14 year deal ends, which to me is insane. Paying $300 million to your third baseman, shelling out 350, 340 uh, to your shortstop is insane. Like how much cash does this guy have to play with or, or this gal have to play with whoever their owner is? I have no idea. Uh, it seems to be un- unlimited. I mean, when, when they even got Machado, I was shocked just because I didn't think that was like, you know, I knew they were in the running, but like they, they're not known to spend any type of money. They've, they've flown under the, you know, I guess I'm using this statement too much tonight, but uh, they've flown under the radar like forever. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Tony Flynn is, is a guy that stands out that, that played there for a while, but, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, they, they're just spending money at ease uh not really on pitching so we'll see how that pan you know pans out obviously i, I think pitching is where you got to sure up you know your your team first uh and then build from from that out but um yeah. you know you got Manny machado you got you got you darvish who's you know not really a, a big name as, they have darvish you know, anymore. I didn't know that. but yeah i mean 34 years old you you darvish you know who knows but i'm just looking down their roster and they uh they got the guy from the rays blake snell who's pretty good Blake Snell, yeah, and then obviously Tatis. I'm not going to say this guy isn't worth the money, but uh, you know, lifetime 301 hitter. Uh, so you know, Decent. you'll take that every day of the week over 300. That's that's always the goal. It's always Hall of Fame. If I'm playing in uh, any MLB video game, like I got to hit at least over 300, especially if I'm in the show. Like you know, coming up through the minors, you got you got to hit over 300 to get to the show. Hitting 300 but, uh, for the Lancaster Barnstormers. Oh, you got to get the call up. You got you got to hit like six hundred if you want to. If you want to go barnstormers to the MLB, like if, if you want to go barnstormers to Double A, like three hundred is fine. But like, why not just go out there and hit six hundred? That's that's my question. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean Tatis getting getting paid, getting paid big. Uh, younger than us, younger than Daniel and I by a couple of crazy, years, even crazy, and, and just you know set for life. Uh, playing in a in a city that. You know, can't be too bad to live out there. Uh, obviously, it's super expensive to live in, in the San Diego region. But uh, when you got that much money, nothing, you know, you can escape all of that. And, and, you know, they're starting to build some type of some type of movement out there. I think maybe this this acquires other players in, in the next couple of years if they have any money left, just because they're, you know, you're starting to see them spend money at, at will. So maybe that, that team eventually becomes like, you know, I'm not going to say the, the Dodgers to that level, but they, they they form some type of stability and maybe they start, you know, really competing in, in the next couple of years. I could be completely wrong and they could just sign a couple of flashy, flashy names and, and who hit a lot of home runs. But just interesting uh, to say the least, the Padres of all teams, you know, kind of getting a, a whole rebirth here. Hey, slam Diego. Don't uh, don't count him out this year. All right, last uh, last baseball topic. Unless you have anything else, Aaron. Uh, Fangraphs. Uh, Fangraphs is a some sort of analytics site or some bullshit like that. Uh, they recently released their projected postseason odds. Uh, their projected preseason postseason odds. Uh, your beloved Orioles, Aaron, were the only team to receive a whopping zero point zero percent chance to make the playoffs. Uh, I I'm speechless at this because. 
before a single pitch is even thrown, I don't know how you can say a team has zero per, 0.0% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, this was then retweeted by the MLB Twitter account, by the way, which is absolutely comedy. Uh, other teams in the cellar, Marlins 0.7, Pirates 0.4, Rockies 0.1%. Uh, but again, the only team in the league to receive a 0.0% chance to make the playoffs were the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not getting any easier anytime soon. I don't know if you did see they they did sign uh wow just completely drew oh Felix Hernandez, which is kind of cool. What is he um, like forty five now? <laughs> you know we're we're always picking these guys up when they're like way beyond beyond their primes. Like you know we we could sign like a Rod, but he'd be like fifty and like he'd hit two home runs and hit like a buck eighty for the season. But uh, regardless of that, you know it's. Kind of cool. I'll at least get to see him pitch every five every five games. I guess. Does he even um, make the team? Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. He, he uh, over or under. I'm, I'm gonna say he wins like not at least nine games for the Orioles this year. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm not enough to get into the playoffs. Probably not. <laughs> hey, he might get us from like the the fifth worst team in the division to like the fourth. You know, he might make that that huge jump for us. Um, I am dead serious. But yeah, How I mean, old is this guy? I'm gonna look it up. I think he's only 34, 35. If I could, oh, I could really? be wrong. I thought he was I, at least 40. Wow, I'm an idiot. 34? Yeah, he's 34 years yeah. old. Wow, holy shit. He uh, definitely got a lot of innings under his belt, though. I mean, he, he's probably he probably feels like he's 40 or 45. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 increasingly tough to to be an Orioles fan. I I love the game of baseball. I, I can I can watch it most nights, but. Um, it's just, I, I hate rebuilds. I hate it with a passion. I would rather us go all in for one season and then suck for a couple of seasons and then go all in. Like I just, this rebuild, I don't know how much I trust it too. I, I just, I don't know. It seems like they've been rebuilding ever since they got, uh, their manager, Brandon Hyde. And, and it just, I don't know, man. I, I was a lot more impressed when they had Buck Showalter running the show. Uh, we were at least in the playoffs, uh, granted with a better roster and they never really rebuilt it. They just kind of threw pieces together. But, uh, you know, the one year we were, we were one, one series away from the world series and, and Kansas city stopped us in our tracks, but that was quite a few, quite a few years ago. I think it was 2012 or something like that, 2011. So it, it's been a while that, since we've even been competitive and it, and it sucks, but, uh, fan grass, I, I would like to say, fuck you. That's all I'm going to say to them. Uh, <laughs> Just because why, why, why put us down when we're already, you know, we're already on the, on our knees and, and you're going to kick us while, while we're down. So uh, I hope that that website never comes to us for a sponsorship because they'll probably hear this and, and withdraw the offer before they even think about it. So. Hey, fan graphs, I'll take your money. Don't listen to Aaron. <laughs> no, I just, I don't, I mean, I don't understand how a team has a zero. I mean, they're in the league, you know, if they were, if this was English, if this was Premier League soccer, a team gets relegated. Yes, I understand them not having a fucking chance to win games to go to the playoffs. But this team is legitimately in the league and has an, every opportunity to win games. But whatever, it's fan graph, so we'll see. Hey, that's more that's more insight on the English Premier League than I have ever heard in my life. So hey, there's we a- are we are a versatile podcast. Um, <laughs> And I, I watched the show uh, Ted Lasso on Apple TV, so that is really uh, the only English Premier League soccer knowledge I have. Great show, though, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, I do enjoy talking baseball, Aaron. I know I don't know about you. I I, I mean, we we both know jack shit about baseball, but uh, it's fun to talk about. I, I think as we, as we get closer and closer to to the spring, warm warm weather always brings baseball. Nothing better than a springtime, uh, summertime baseball game. So um, we'll do our research behind the scenes if we still have a research department after this podcast. And uh, we'll make sure we're ready for the season, ready for the Orioles, ready for the Yankees, um, ready to touch on all of the offseason storylines. But want to provide a couple of uh, small things to give the, the folks a teaser uh, kind of leading into the beginning of the season. But, uh, yeah, excited, excited for the future of, of this podcast. I know I say that every week, but I'm excited to just – do the podcast so um yeah well uh we're, we're up in the production value folks you might get on video get on youtube uh, a little bit in the next couple of weeks and, and mix around and try some different things and um throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks but uh very excited to bring some more content to you all aaron and uh and uh why don't you take us home yeah no i'm now, now the nfl has uh 
has packed it up for the, for the, for the season. I mean, I'm, I'm always, I'm always excited for baseball. It really, really sucks when your team is out of it. Like if, if, if my team was even in the playoff picture, I'd be ecstatic. I'd be watching, pay attention every night. You know, I used to know the whole bullpen lineup, everybody on the Orioles at one point I I knew. And now it's like, it's just a shit show. So um, yeah, regardless of that and and not going off on a tangent about that, you know, it's exciting that uh, a sport will, will come back and, and, you know, we'll see another season of, of the MLB. Uh, hopefully they get the, you know, everything COVID related get, gets a little bit better by summer. I would hope uh, it would be nice to see, you know, people at a baseball game. I, I, that's one sport that, you know, obviously all the sports, it's, it's bizarre to see no crowds, but uh, baseball is just such a, such a, like a positive experience, such a like chill uh, summer oh, yeah. just vibe. So it, it just, hopefully they, they get that going. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for, for the podcast and, transition into to different things and, and different avenues and, and you know we're only gonna keep bringing you content and, and hopefully everybody you know can give us their input even if they don't like it i'll gladly take their their criticism and you know we'll, we'll roll with it and and like like dan said we're just gonna throw anything at the wall to see what sticks and, and what we can implement going forward and, and just have a fun fun time doing it love it take it going.